0: So next Sunday, you're here today. It's 924. Next Sunday, if you're here at 924, there won't be anybody here. Uh, Sunday, the 20th of October, all of our family of churches, so Anthem, Thousand Oaks, Camarillo, and Ventura. I'll tell you about Denver in just a second, but Anthem, Thousand Oaks, Camarillo, and Ventura will all be at Conejo Creek Park North. If you're not familiar with that, just uh, it's you can Google it. But also the Thousand Oaks Library, go there and there's a big park right behind the library. We've got the place rented out and we're gonna have a really big fun day gathering together. Starts at 10 a.m. We'll wrap up around 3 p.m. You can come just for the gathering, but we'd love for you to stay for the tacos, stay for the uh, the spike ball, the volleyball, and soccer. It'll be a great time together. It is celebrate generosity next Sunday. So uh, objective number one: don't show up here. If you do, there'll be be a note on the door saying, hey, did you not listen last week? That's what the note will say. I'm going to handwrite write the note saying, did you not listen last week when Matt said dot, dot, dot. And then you can just remember this moment right now. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be kinder than that. And I'm sure Celeste will write it with all the, all the flowery words that Celeste uses, uh, like kill it before it dies. That's a, a Celeste-ism. Um, so with that, I don't know why that just came up. But yeah, that's good. All right. So next Sunday, not here, we'll be there. uh, And there's a lot to why we're there. Now that's what I'm going to tell you about. So first off, don't come here, go there. Second thing, here's why we're going there. Our family of church is getting together. It is our 10-year anniversary celebration. We've been a church in Thousand Oaks for 10 years. We're so excited to, to celebrate together. Uh, the way that we do that is by taking our, our biggest offering of the year. We love to, uh, to pour a ton of energy, a ton of time and effort into casting vision for why generosity is a key and critical part of our story as a church if we have any hope for being the church that we dream about, to multiply churches into the nations, to, uh, to help people find their way back to God, to bless our community, if we have any hope for those things, generosity has to be a part of who we are as a people. So we flex that muscle with discipline at least once a year. We want to be more than once a year generous, but at least once a year, we put our full attention on what it means to be generous. And we do that By starting next Sunday, the 20th, and going through Saturday, the 26th, every dollar that comes in, whatever goes in the cans, whatever comes in online, whatever comes in through the mail, 100% of that will be going out. And the places that that's going out, we talked week one about our reproducing church. We're investing in two church plants, uh, Imago Day Southgate in uh, Southgate, South Los Angeles, and Kingdom Reality Church in North Hills in the San Fernando Valley. So we're pouring resources. A third of everything that comes in next week will go into those two church plants. The second third we talked about last week are global initiatives. We're pouring into Zoe International, uh, primarily in Thailand, but also in Australia, Los Angeles, and Mexico, rescuing children out of the trafficking industry, helping to bring them to whole life and and give them opportunity for uh, pursuit of Jesus, pursuit of uh, a life, a family, things that would not be available to them in the trafficking world. Uh, And then the second part of that goes to touch Nepal, primarily investing in a remote area pastor's training. Uh, My dad's been a part of that. Mark's been a part of that. We invest in key leaders that go to distant places in Nepal train up uh, pastors in uh, indigenous villages, areas where they can be leaders and minister with the gospel. And that's a huge part of what we'll be doing. So a third of it will go into Touch Nepal and Zoe. The third third, if you're tracking my, uh, my fractions here, the third third of what we're going to be giving goes into our, our local initiatives. And the way that we break that down is we give each church, Thousand Oaks, Camarillo, and Ventura, the opportunity to identify local ministries that we want to partner with, and we take that third, and we've got a little percentage breakdown, but each church gets a percentage of that third to give to their local ministries. So for us, Thousand Oaks, I want to take some time and tell you about what we're going to be investing in, our local initiatives. Uh, We've decided as a a church um, that one of the key areas that we have to contribute into uh, is the foster care area in Ventura County and L.A. County. It's really important to us to see uh, these kids that are uh, thrown into the system, parents also that are thrown into the system, that are uh, that find themselves in incredibly difficult circumstances. Uh, Kristen and I have fostered twice. We've brought in kids from other families, uh, once through LA County, once through Ventura County, and both times we've gotten to see kind of behind the curtain the challenges that exist on both sides, the parents that are struggling. Uh, the The ability for preventative work to go in to where kids never even need to enter the foster care system, if there's mentoring, if there's help, if there's encouragement on the front end, all the way to the kids that are in the system, uh, from infancy up through 18, kids that are aging out of the system. We want to be able to minister well, and part of that is a network of um, Christ-centered organizations in Ventura County are working diligently to invest in the foster care system to be advocates for the children, for the families, to work hard to bring a ministry of the gospel into these places. Uh, So I'm going to tell you about two things. First is the organizations that we're going to be pouring into, and the second is a project that is being worked on in Ventura County that we'll hear more about as time goes on. So here you go. First of all, the three ministries that we're going to be pouring into. The first is James Storehouse. Uh, if you know uh, Kirk and Stacy Dewitt, uh, Kirk leads Conejo Church here in Thousand Oaks. His wife Stacy started an or- organization a few years back called James Storehouse that does an incredible job providing uh, physical, tangible resources—cribs and beds, uh, diapers, car seats, whatever is needed in the foster care. They've got—they've got a warehouse. They've had to move multiple times to keep growing this warehouse to be able to distribute goods to foster care families. It's an incredible ministry, such a powerful opportunity for us to pour into that. They're going to be our primary investment, and I'll tell you why in just a bit. The second one is Child Hope Services, started by Daniel and Heather Fowler, uh, doing a great job based out of Camarillo. Again, advocates for kids in the foster care system. And then we have Raising Hope. We have a number of people from Anthem Church here in Thousand Oaks that are participating in Raising Hope, that are helping as a part of the board. One of their key ministries, by the way, is helping to get uh, the teenage foster care kids uh, vehicles so that they can get to work, they can get to school, they can start to develop life. Just incredible stories of watching them bridge that gap and help these kids find life. Uh, the stats of foster care to incarceration, it's way too high. We want to do everything we can to help these kids find life and faith. We want to see that grow and develop. So, uh, What's happening is we're going to be pouring into these ministries, these resources that we have to to offer from Anthem Thousand Oaks, from Celebrate Generosity. Uh, James Storehouse is going to be the primary one because they are taking the lead on a project to introduce something called Care Portal to Ventura County. Uh, Care Portal is an organization based out of Kansas City, and they have basically said, we want to... Create a hub, kind of like a Craigslist, essentially for counties to use. That whatever needs come up in the foster care system, the local church can be the first to meet those needs every time. And so they've developed this, and we're going to help be the implementers of Care Portal in Ventura County. It's a really exciting thing to see happen. It's the most organized these ministries have ever been to uh, to interact with the county. The county is so excited and has been encouraging to us. Kristen met with somebody from the county just a few months ago to talk through the needs, and this was such a a high value for them to help see these needs get met. So these resources that you guys are giving, starting next Sunday, going through October 26th, uh, a third of them are gonna be poured into these local initiatives, and we're taking our percentage of that as Anthem Thousand Oaks to invest heavily into these ministries, helping them get uh, opportunities to serve in the foster care system. Um, Can I just take a moment and say, Uh, If any of you are involved in the foster care system, either as a foster parent, an advocate in some way, on a board, volunteering in an organization, or whatever, would you go ahead and stand up right now? So if you're a part of the foster care system in any way, Ventura County, LA County, would you guys stand up? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Grossman's, you gotta stay up. You gotta stay up. If I were to be honest, I say, stay standing, stay standing. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I thought it was going to be like 30 or 40 people that stood up. That kind of surprises me. Um, and this is actually just a moment to uh, to encourage you. It, it needs to be more than this. Now, I don't want to say that out of guilt. I just want to I want to challenge us as a church. Like it's one thing for us to give money, and this is what we've been talking about. But if we're going to actually make an impact in this community, if we're gonna if we're gonna do more than just bless, part of it is we need to actually be in the the fire. We need to be supporting and building and ministering and loving. This is the most tangible thing that we can do in our community. So much of what we talk about is in other places. This is here and now, and we can be a help. You can be a mentor. You can be a big brother, big sister. You can be somebody that uses whatever services you have as a part of whatever you do for work. You can bless people through what you do. We need more of this, not less. So the fact that we have two standing up in this room, is awesome. Well done, you guys. Way to go. We're so excited. We want to pray for you. Um, oh Doug, don't sit down. I know you like to sit down, Doug, but I want to pray for you. And it's more holy if you're standing when I pray for you. So just wait there for one second. Uh so I just want to encourage you guys, even to use this as a picture to say, okay, what what else? What next? What can we press into? And when we do celebrate generosity, look into the organizations that we're partnering with and say, what can I do to be a part of this? So let me pray for you guys as representatives of the many in our church that do participate in this, but what we get to see today is what God is doing through you guys. Jesus, we pray for uh, the ministry that needs to go into the foster care system. Uh, We are in need of um, many faithful people to take in children, to... Uh, to love on families, to mentor them, uh, to provide goods and services for those in need to help end the cycle of domestic violence or substance abuse that creates so many of these foster care sis- uh, situations. Lord, would you use us as a church? We want to be sent, commissioned into more. And so I pray, Lord, that, that you would even, just as a picture, that Doug and Janet would be uh, a picture of what it looks like for us to press deeper into Uh, the needs that exist in our community. uh, Help us to not turn a blind eye to this, Lord, but to be faithful and diligent um, to serve you in this way. Uh, We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Thank you for this moment, this picture, and and thank you for the faithfulness that Doug and Janet have uh, have demonstrated in this arena. Lord, would you send more um, to work with them and alongside them? We love you, Jesus, and we praise you in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, so that is Celebrate Generosity. You've now heard all three of the initiatives that we're pouring into. Our Reproducing Church, our global initiatives, our local initiatives. Next Sunday, coming up, a week from today, we're all together. That starts everything. If you don't go to the day of, but you want to give, you can give online, or you can send a check in uh, through the mail if you have stamps. Does anybody buy stamps? I don't know, that's hard to find uh, stamps these days. But if you want to send something in through the mail, you can. All of that to say, everything that comes in next week, will be applied to this, and we are so excited to see what God does with those resources to multiply them, to bless them. So, uh, exciting timing. Uh, This week, a bunch of people are getting together in Malibu Canyon uh, to spend some time dreaming around how God wants to release us to do more into the nations, to do more into Uh, The story of sending church planters, missionaries, uh, faithful young people into different corners of the earth. And so we're getting together for that. So kind of a weird confluence of circumstances in that we have this week where uh, some of our best friends in the world are in town. And a lot of them will be joining us next Sunday for Celebrate Generosity, even just to bless and commission Anthem Church into our next season of life and ministry, kind of celebrating our 10 years. But today in Anthem Ventura, Uh, Rob Hutton is going to be speaking and sharing uh, from Dubai. He's been here before and has ministered to us. Uh, In Camarillo, Keith Gatesville will be ministering. He leads uh, Kingsgate Church in London. I was going to call it Knightsbridge, and I was like, that's not it, but it sounds very British, doesn't it? Um, All right, Kingsgate also sounds pretty British. Kingsgate Church in London, and he'll be ministering in Camarillo, and then here in Thousand Oaks, we have Nick Hardy who will be ministering to us. Nick is from Durban, South Africa. He leads Red Point Church, Redemption Point Church in Durban. Uh, it's actually up in Pine Town, uh, which is a part of the Durban circle. And uh, they have been such an encouragement to us as a couple. Um, Kristen and I have spent uh, hours on their on their back patio just being ministered to by them, being shown their hospitality. Uh, this last time that we went out there, Dave and Jen Weir were able to come out and join us on that patio and be ministered to. And we got a chance to, to join with their church, be a part of developing their leaders and preaching into their church. And now they get to be a part of ours. They just celebrated their 40th anniversary as a church, and we're celebrating 10. So it's kind of a fun pairing, even just a few weeks ago for to see your guys' pictures of such a, a great celebration. So such a joy to see how uh, our, our churches are Uh, joining together. They are part of the Genesis Collective, what we've talked about, this group of churches that are dreaming about more into the nations, and so they get a chance to minister to us today. So Nick, why don't you come on up, and if you want to bring Kati up, you can. All right. Um, Hello,
1: everybody. (laughs) <laughs> I'll just take a short little time, but just to say that it really is such an honor, truly is, to be with you today. Um, we got to know, Matt and Kristen gave you a little bit of an overview of um, when we began to get to know them. We've only known them a couple of years, but um, we just absolutely loved them. And um, we, as Matt said, we had the joy of them coming and ministering in our context in March this year, and um, just their integrity, their skill with leadership, the way they loved our community um, was just absolutely beautiful. So we love them, and um, it's such an honor to be here. Dave and Jen were a huge blessing. They just came and loved our people, and actually such an example to us, Jen, really. Um, uh, Yes, sorry. When I heard about Connie riding on the back of the motorcycle, I thought, "Wow, that! What an adventure! Such a beautiful picture!" Um, and I realized that, you know, us being here today is such an adventure for us, coming from Africa. You know, we never dreamed that we would be coming over to America to minister. And um, um, just to say that our faith is—it's um, such a mystery. Our faith, because we don't see Christ, you know, and um. The scripture that's been just stirring in me so much lately is though we have not seen him, we love him. And though we do not see him still, we are filled with a glorious and inexpressible joy because we are receiving the goal of our faith. And um, just to encourage you that um, life is really tough, but then the scripture that says um, he will do exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ever ask or imagine, after 40, 45 years of serving Christ, I uh, can absolutely say that he does exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. So I really trust that we can encourage you this morning. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Chris. <laughs> well, good morning to you all. Um, I'll apologize in advance for our accents. Um, I've asked Matt to flag me. If I say something, you think, what was that? You know, like... Like we'll say robot instead of traffic lights or boots instead of trunk um, and uh, so we we' we're, we're we're from South Africa, but we are natives of the island of Mauritius, so we are immigrants to South Africa we are french speaking origin um, my Cutie's parents were at my parents' wedding Cutie's uh, father delivered her, so I can tell you all sorts of exotic stories out of Africa and the Indian Ocean island of Mauritius but Really good to be here, and uh, the gospel is bearing fruit all over the world. It was great to have um, Matt and Kristen with us, and they really blessed us. And we kind of pulled Matt. He spent he flew in for three days from London down to South Africa. It's a long flight, Johannesburg, Johannesburg to Durban, right? And um, and ministered magnificently. And so, if I can say this, and you know, I might sort of cross some lines today because I'm a bit prophetic, so I might get into trouble, but. But uh, um, I know you're a robust people. You're America, the greatest nation in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, every, everywhere I go, I tell people what a great nation this is. And, you know, people are a bit intimidated by America and the American people. But we've only known incredibly good American people. And uh, we are very fond of America. We, we think you're an incredible people. We think you're a polite, kind people. I know you know, some people have have labeled you, but we've just found Americans, amazing people. And uh, so bless bless you. And Matt and Kristen really just ministered to us. And we're 40 years old, and we're a church that's seen extraordinary things. And Matt was able to, I believe he has a ministry to unblock wells. Uh, Genesis, where is it somewhere? Where um, Isaac just began to unblock his father's wells. And actually, Matt, I just thought you you have an ability to, unblock wells that have been blocked not only to unblock wells like like Isaac but then to also dig your own wells and you're going to be a man that will go around the world to unblock wells and I mean we're a good church we're a strong church we've been around for a while and um, one guy said to me what happened there and as he said that in one of the breaks that Matt was ministering I said he's unblocked a well and sometimes life you know the enemy can throw a carcass into your well something can happen to you you might lose confidence, you might get involved in sin, something might just your marriage might break up, you might have a mental crisis, a an emotional crisis, and the enemy doesn 't just throw a a, a rock and he can throw a whole carcass in and it 's like, "Whoa, you know what what was beautiful and faunting suddenly becomes blocked, and I believe mess, one of your gifts not only to unblock worlds in the lives of people but to unblock worlds in the lives of churches and perhaps in the regions, perhaps even nations so um It's a great joy to be here we come in the name of jesus i trust we come humbly we have nothing new to teach you under the sun we are not gnostics with secret stuff but like you know we're exclusive bunch but we we have jesus and we have the word of god and um I, i think if i if i if you'll say who's this guy well, probably i have an activating ministry uh my gift is to activate things and let's see if that'll happen today i don't know what'll happen today Perhaps some of you could get saved today. Perhaps some of you could get commissioned today. Perhaps some of you, God will set you on a course. You'll travel with Matt, or you'll come and see us in Africa, or in Mauritius, or where are we are going, Angel? Wherever we're going, um, you'll partner with us, and you'll go way beyond us. I don't know if there's someone in this room that will s- stick his hand up and say, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll throw my lot in. Um, I believe God called Kati to ministry, and then said, I need a husband suitable so he kind of said i actually got plans for her and and i will i want a guy to come alongside of her and i believe we're at red point church because of her we we're sent there because of her now i'm not trying to flatter her but i feel god said that to me and i'm so comfortable in that um, so we have partnered together and it's my great joy to partner together make sure you ask god before you get married who to marry because if you marry the right person, the matchmaker, if he puts it together, it's beautiful. And it's joyous. And um, so, I think what's profound to me is Jesus said, once, once Peter got the revelation of who Jesus was, um, he said, not being revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. This has not been revealed. He said, upon this revelation, I will build my church he didn't say that you will build my church. He didn't say, I will build your church, Nick, but he said, I will build my church. And that's like a distinctive thing because, you know, we all looking around to see what's the best church model? What's the best marriage? what's What am I to do? But God says, if you will see who I am, I will build my church. And yes, he will perhaps get us to lift a hand and place a brick and do all those things. But but the basis of what we do is the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. If you get that revelation, you can be an extraordinary business person. You can be an extraordinary pastor. You can be an extraordinary pastor, you say yeah? You can be an extraordinary husband. You can be an extraordinary wife. And God can use you to do amazing things. And so we're from the back end, the bottom end of Africa. It's right at the bottom. It's a little East Coast kind of a holiday resort in Durban. It's about three million people. And God has used our area, little Durban, the greater Durban area, just to send the most amazing people. Guys like Chris Vinant, and I could go on and on. Guys have come out of there and just lit Africa and lit, lit the world up. And so maybe I'm going to give you five stones today that perhaps can help you. Maybe, you know, David um, went to the brook or to the, and, he, and he looked for five stones to take Goliath out. And only, it only required one stone. <laughs> it was only one stone. I thought, why five? Why did he take five stones or, or pebbles or whatever they were, but maybe pebbles is the wrong word here, But and put them in his shepherd's pouch and he only needed one? And sometimes God will take one thing out of your life and he will slay a Goliath. He will take down a stronghold. He will use that to restore a broken marriage. And uh, so I want to give you five stones this morning to maybe help and maybe things that have helped Cutty and I to keep advancing. We are both business people, accountant by training. Cutty's a textile designer. We had our own businesses, had an agricultural business, and God said, it's time, Nick. It's time. I want you to take the next stage. And perhaps for you this morning, God might say, it's time to take another stage. It's time to get involved in foster care. It's time to write out that big check, America. <laughs> It's like, imagine the privilege of being able to write out a big check. Like, you know, sometimes enemies say, well, there's there's chains on those finances, and and God will just say, I'm able to give. I'm just able. He actually wants your, your best life now, doesn't he? He wants to use you, and he wants to do extraordinary things through your lives. And if you have any idea of church history, which I've just been studying for a while, church history stuns me. Church history, can I say, freaks me out? Is that okay? I mean, we watch all your movies, so we're going to, but, but um, you know, church history literally leaves me with this thought, that Jesus will build his church. That actually, if you look at church history, you think, what on earth happened there? I mean, what a catastrophic leadership decision when they married church and state and began to kill people in the name of Jesus, the crusaders of the Inquisition. The Spanish Inquisition, or you, you look at when they decided that all priests should separate from their wives and, and priests should be celibate, that, they, that the historians say they don't even know what happened to the wives or children. Like, what, where did that come from? In fact, by the turn of the millennia, when the millennia, sort of um, the, the Vikings, the, the cruel Vikings came down and the, those guys from the, the Hungarian warlords came across and just slaughtered, Monasteries and, and, and priests and theologians, and they just, and, and actually, the Christians then, then said, It is so evil, this is so evil, there's so much brutality, there are so many Christians being martyred and killed, the end of the age must surely have come. And Jesus says, Don't worry, I got this. And the blood of the martyrs would once again fall to the soul, and once again, there would be a resurgence. We're a thousand years afterwards, and the church of Jesus look at it it's here and so what stuns me about church history is God is able to build his church even if we make amazing and 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 catastrophic decisions Jesus says don't worry I got this and so we're invited brothers and sisters friends from America into a beautiful global gospel project will you come will you come to Africa to Liberia Will you come to South Africa? Will you come to Mauritius? Five stones. Stone number one. I don't know how many things God will give you in your lifetime, but it could be five, it could be ten if you if you give me some license. And those are the things. Stone number one. Life comes to you on its way to somebody else. One of the key things I believe is that if we stop the life of God, I'm saved, my marriage is healed. I'm a fairly good business guy, I've got a decent marriage, my kids are not on drugs, we've got a decent home, we've got two motor cars, we've got Samsung washing machines, and I don't know what else you have here, but you have got all the things, and we go on holiday once a year, we can go to a foreign destination once a year. Thank you very much. Thank you for my blessing. I think we die. But life comes to me on its way to somebody else. Amen? And so, would you be a person that says, God, uh, I've I got to give this life to somebody. Give me at least one. Give me somebody. Give me a kid. Give me a young entrepreneur. Give me a housewife that's just lost faith and she's depressed. I want to give this life. And if the church were to do that, life comes to us on its way to somebody else. It can't. We're not the destination. Amen? <laughs> and I know you're a church. In fact, we we hear such good things about you that that find somebody, find something so that this river can flow amen jesus in matthew in in i think it's luke 6 he went up to the mountain and prayed the whole night and when he came down the mountain he found 12 guys and he and he said come come and that life that he experienced on the mountain if you will or that life that he experienced when the heavens were torn open and he allowed his cousin um john to baptize him and the spirit came upon him that life that Joy would be expressed through him into the lives of others. I don't think we'd be in really serving God today if if I wasn't called to draw on God and to call upon his name and to be part of a prayer meeting or to be with the scriptures, unless it was going somewhere, amen? And so there's a river that flows, that God is wanting to use you and I as a conduit, because we're just a very average couple. We're just ordinary people, and I believe God has used us to do extraordinary things. So, point number one, life comes to me on its way. And I think if we're going to go, Matt, that we're going to maybe, I don't know if we'll make your 50th anniversary, we probably won't, that's in 40 years' time. Maybe we'll make your 30th or maybe 40th, and that this life would have passed. You see, it doesn't pass in a vacuum, it passes through your lives as a gen. Like they came to South Africa and they blessed us. They flew, I don't know, you went all around the world to get to us and then they arrived. And if you know this, but the place that you stayed at, they asked us, what's the crime like in South Africa? And we said, well, it's kind of, it's around, but you won't see it. But are you prepared to go into a place where it's kind of a little bit risky? And the place that you stayed at will tell you after. Do you know what happened there? You don't know what happened, but there's a whole lot of things that happened in the place you stayed, which maybe you don't know. It's better you don't know. But actually, God, you didn't even know that there was a lot of things going on in the house you stayed in, on the B&B you stayed in, but God oiled you and you just slipped through it. <laughs> You're invited to the front lines of the faith. Would you come? Would you let life come to you? and can't stop with us and pass it on to somebody else. Jesus did. Prayed the whole night next morning he was naming guys who would be apostles they the historians say this the present day historians the academics say they cannot work out how 12 ordinary unschooled pretty average tax collectors sinful women, peter who had foot and mouth disease making so many mistakes <laughs> chopping people's ears off denying jesus how that motley group of men the 12 together with a motley group of ladies would have the roman empire in 300 years later literally serving god they think they still cannot work that out no books written he didn't leave israel but you see god is able to do it would you allow, would you be a conduit for him to do it point number two second stone i'll get to my notes when God's about to move, what does he do first? Anybody. When God's about to create history or do something, when he's about to set a family free, he wants to heal somebody. He wants to change a region in Thousand Oaks or Venturia or Durban, South Africa. What does he normally do first? When he wants to get away with husband, that's... That's lost his way. He's, he's, he's leaving his family. He's found somebody else that he wants to be intimate. What does he do first? When he wants to establish a life group. Or he wants to raise, he wants, he wants shepherds. He's looking. What, what does he normally do first? When he wants to deliver a nation. When he wants to bring Messiah, Jesus. When he wants to start a new apostolic movement that will reach into areas of Africa or, or the, the Pacific area. When he wants to help a school that the principal has lost his way and there's drugs that's come into the school because there's no leadership, what does he do first? What would you say? Anybody? Slap you. Slaps you. <laughs> Slaps you. <laughs> Slaps somebody. <laughs> wants to. P- yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull out his spirit. Bordy spirit? <laughs> Prayer, good. rings? Trouble? trouble? <laughs> no trouble, Lord. Before God moves, if you look at the pattern of Scripture, pick a story. He wanted, to, he wanted to set Israel free from Pharaoh's, the Bible says, his iron claw. What did he do first? Well, you can answer it in many ways. I mean, some of you, can, can I answer it my way? Is that okay? I won't get shot down by the theologians. He looks for a man or a woman. Right now, he's looking here. Right now. He's looking. He's looking for a man or a woman. He's looking for an older man, perhaps a a younger man, an older woman, a middle-aged woman. You see, before God moves, I believe he looks for individuals. In fact, he said it's time for Messiah to come. I need an old couple. I need somebody to be forerunner. So I need somebody. Could I find? An, uh, in fact, I found an old couple, a barren couple, a Zachariah and Elizabeth. In fact, they, 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 I'm going I'm to make sure that their womb, I mean, suddenly her womb, not their womb, her womb. And then I'm, gonna, I'm looking for a, a, a lady, a young 15-year-old. What did you say? 12-year-old, some theologians say. 14-year-old. I'm going to look for a young virgin. In fact, I'm looking for a young peasant girl of no stature and I'm, I'm i'm going to use her and i'm going to impregnate her by the spirit there, there, there's a nation that's 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 captive i'm going to go and find myself a washed out leader of 80 and i'm going to use him you see before god moves i believe he looks for somebody <laughs> can you say amen <laughs> you're looking this morning you're looking because he's got plans you see, who's going to take care of that kid? Who's going to plant that church? Who's going to start a life group? And for God, binds himself somehow to us. When he said to Adam and Eve, you're a federal head of this earth, he could have, well, look, well, God, you slay Goliath. I'm looking for a boy. Can you just rebuild these walls supernaturally? You know, we went to sleep, we woke up and the walls were built. No, I need a guy that's good with wine, like, God, you got the wrong guy, he's a, he's a, he's a cupbearer to the king, he's got a send for wine. I know a guy that can tell any wine, grown at any place just by smelling it, doesn't have to taste it, he's going to build a wall. Ezekiel 22.30 says this, I looked for a man among them. You see, Israel was in trouble and, and, and Israel was broken. And so this is what Ezekiel 22.30 says, I looked for a man among them. So you see, God's looking. He's God always looking. He says, I'm looking for somebody that's going to go to the Gentiles. I've got a Jewish theologian. His name is Paul. So he looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap. So the word, when you see the gap in Scripture, it means something's broken. There's a dissonance. There's something that's not connected. And he says, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap on behalf of the land that I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. I remember I used to go to church as a young man. I got saved and the, the Americans came to Africa and we had a local evangelist and he was on fire for God, but he got these American sort of evangelists to come. And I remember just sitting there and listening and thinking, What? What is this? up Catholics, I've never heard of this stuff. This is offensive to me. And, and, like, like, and then I used to go to church and criticize and sit there and think, why has he said that? And, why? and and I remember the one day saying, you will be up there one day. You will be up there one day. And the God is looking for us to stand in the breach, in the gap. Are you willing? And a gap is an, an undesirable break. And I guess the issue with America, I mean, we were driving on your highways today. We thought, wow. I mean, how are these highways just... Whew, the real estate that this is, and just in terms of your highways, how everything works. I was at Home Depot yesterday. In fact, I went to Home Depot and I thought, I was so overwhelmed with all the stuff. I couldn't buy anything. I thought, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, <laughs> I've died and gone to heaven and I wanted a this. And I thought, I, it's amazing. But don't be seduced by the good things because there are many broken walls. This morning, he's looking He's looking for a man and a woman because he's got plans. Would you be willing to offer yourself? Moses, Psalm 103, verse 23, Moses stood in the breach because Israel was like, like how many times Israel would you, would you pursue your foreign God? And then Moses began to, he stood in the gap and he said, God, don't destroy them. Would you stand in the gap for a, a situation that you're standing in the gap would heal and would 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 restore i found says david you see that's why i'm saying what's he doing he's looking he, and this is what he says in acts 13. ah he says i believe ah he says i found a man son of david a son after mine heart which means he was looking if i say hey angel i found my cell phone they're said in the plane if you drop your cell phone between the seats don't try and find because you'll break the seat and you say, I found it. I found a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. I need faith, in says God. I found myself an Iraqi man, a man from the Middle East. Okay, I need faith in the earth. Who, who, Abraham, will you believe me? I'll believe you. Leave your people. Leave your kindred. Leave your family. Go. And Abraham just called upon the name of the Lord because he didn't know how to pray. I mean, he didn't know. He didn't have the Torah. He didn't have the Tanakh. He didn't have all those things. He said, Lord, God spoke to me and and I call upon your name. Gave me a word that I'll be a blessing to the nations. I mean, I haven't got a son. Now even my nephews left me because the shepherds were quarreling and he called upon the name of the Lord. One of my prayers, I just call upon God's name. My prayers are, Lord, I call upon your name. I don't know what you call upon for, but Lord, I call upon your name for your presence to come. Are we saying we 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 got five thousand people to feed? In fact, some of the translators said they found a little boy with four small barley loaves and two small fish and one small boy. I I, I got what I need. Can you imagine that little kid? Can I have one of those barley loaves? Can I keep one fish? Give it all to me. Can you imagine his delight, this little kid? He was looking, and the, and the thing's been multiplied. And Jesus took what he had, the little that he had. And he began to break it, and the little kid. And I want to, I want to watch that kid. I think well, he's, the expression on his face. It's my lunch. It's my lunch. <laughs> it's my lunch. <laughs> How do you feel? Now that's my lunch. Check it. It's check it. Can I say that? It's, it's, it's just been multiplied. My little nothing. My little brokenness. There's a man called Mordecai. He's a vile man, the Bible said. I need someone. I need myself a beauty queen. Because the only the way to this man's heart is through a, a, a beauty queen. because But there was a, a lady called Esther. She was of Hebrew origin. And she was an orphan girl. And through her, she saved the nation. You know, one of the things is... Um, One of the joys I have is people come to me. So you know, we've traveled a bit, and people say, Remember you gave me this word. And I think, no, I don't remember. Remember you said this to me and you said this, and I thought, gee, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible that God would use an ordinary couple from the island of Mauritius that you don't even probably know? Anybody knows where Mauritius is? Just just stick your hand up, right high. About seven of you. You don't even know that we exist. I mean, I mean, God. Is, I'll, I'll use, I'll use, I'll use a fisherman that is so messed up. He deny in a moment. He denies me. I'll use him. Would you allow God to use you? Because He's looking this morning. <laughs> he's looking. He's tracking. He's tracking. You see. You see. In a sense, we want to be full of the Spirit. To do extraordinary things, or we want to be may, maybe experience extraordinary things. I believe that the Spirit will fall upon you so that He can commission you. Because He will give you His power and He will use you. So many other things. Third stone, because time is not our friend. Life comes to me on its way to somebody else. God is looking. He'll take anybody. Just stick your hand up. Who will go for us? Oh, here am I, send me. I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. What do I want mean me to do? Matt, what do I want me to do? Elders, what do you want me to do? Here am I, send me. But I have unclean lips. You might think, hey, man, Nick, I'd, lo- I'd love to respond to what you're saying or what Matt's saying. Or, but I, you know, I've got a problem. I've got unclean lips. In fact, Peter cussed. And Jesus didn't say to him, why did you cuss? He just said, hey, Pete. Do you love me, bro? He says, You know, I love you. I jumped out the boat when I saw you. Remember the first time I jumped out? You know that I love you, but I'm broken, man. I, I'm, I'm not your guy. I'm sinful. He said, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Who will go for us? I'll go. And then Isaiah goes. Point, third stone. Shifting. Find out what God is saying. Don't worry about how he's going to bring it about. And I repeat that. Find out what God is saying. Don't worry about how he's going to bring it about. Often some, God has said something to you perhaps. But you think, Like, how, how's this going to work? One guy said, I'll plant a church if I can take this scenario. I want these people and I want this. And I'm saying, well... I don't know about that, but do you feel God has said you should go? Yes. Find out what God is saying to you. Let him work out the how. One of the things you'll find is in many of the commissions of the scriptures, what's missing is like how. Gideon, go and defeat the Midianites. (laughs) He's got the wrong guy, bro. Like, I'm weak. Our tribe is weak. We've been overrun by the Midians. I'm, I'm the least in my family. I'm just like a weed in a cave, hiding from the Midianites. I'm not a soldier. Find out what God is saying and leave the how up to Him. Can you imagine Moses? The, he's been led by God and he gets now, he, he's in a jam because he's, he's come down he's by the Red Sea and they can just see the dust coming up from Pharaoh's chariots. And you can see the dust emerging. What now, Moses? What are you going to do now, bro? You're this big deliverer guy. You, you're the miracle man. You, you know, you've got it all wrapped up, haven't you? What are you going to do now? And there's Moses standing trembling. And God says, stick out your, your staff. What's in your hand? My staff. I mean, you know, I'm a shepherd, God. I used to be a king in, or a prince in Pharaoh's court. Stick out your, your, your staff. And so don't worry about the how. Just get what God is saying to you that makes sense? Can somebody say amen? Yes. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Very, very I mean, you, you, won't, you won't find like, how, God? How am I going to do this? Just go to the king and ask him for, for letters. Ask him for envoys. Just go to the king. And, or, or now that you've come across Moses the Red Sea, have you thought about all these nursing mothers? Have you thought about we're a, a, a slave with, group with pots and pans? What do you do with us now? Where's the water, bro? <laughs> Have you thought about the food? Have you thought about the fact that this is jolly hot? Have you ever been into that desert? We've been there. Like, did you think about these things? No, but I, I felt I heard God. God, what are we going to do? Okay, There's bitter waters. There's mirage. bitter. Pick up a stick. Throw it in. Pew, pew, fresh water. It's amazing. If you find out what God has said, the how he will give you. As, how much, and if Moses couldn't take these people across, who am I, Joshua? I mean, this is Moses. This is the guy that could do anything. This is the guy who came down, who spoke with God. This is the guy who came down the mountain. If he couldn't take them in, how can I? Moses, get ready. I mean, Joshua, get ready. What are we going to do? Just stick your foot in there, get the priest in. So don't worry about the how. Worry about what have you said. Is that Okay. The battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. We went through a difficult time in 2016. Man, I tell you, we had 16 years of honeymoon and leadership. 2016, everything the wheels were wobbling, you know. Like we saw an accident, just everything was over in the road. The cars were smashed, and I think one car rolled. It had landed back it was. Okay, what are you going to do? Nick, you're going to. No. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. You're going to get us through. He's going to get you to the other side. He's going to provide the manna. He's going to provide the quail. Amen? He's going to part the seas. Do you know what you need to do, I think? You need, you need, the Bible says you need to take up the shield of faith. Is there a shield of faith somewhere here in the house? There's no shield, here, Matt. <laughs> it says lift up. I think the King James, what does the ESV say? It says take up or lift up the shield of faith. You need to lift up the shield of faith. Faith is the word of God spoken to you. If you lift up the shield of faith, what does the Bible say? With which you can extinguish the flaming darts or arrows of the enemy. If your faith shield is dragging behind you, if your faith shield is tucked away under your belt, if your shield of faith is locked away in your cupboard, it says even if your faith shield is not in the position of... of um. Here's my little shield of faith. It's like tucked under my shirt. It's like it's lift up, pick up your shield of faith. Faith is what God has said to you. Amen. Don't drag it behind you. Don't drop it. Pick up, lift up your shield of faith. (laughs) What has God said? He doesn't change his mind about what he said higher lift it up higher walk with your shield of faith we have a relative she she they they're going through hardship the more hardship they go through the more she speaks faith now sometimes you can people can like almost can you just be quiet but actually i said to cut isn't it amazing that's almost her what she believes about god she keeps on saying and every month they they make it eh, angel every month they make it through point number four I did a um yeah, you have this this comes from America, strength finders. Yeah? <laughs> Guilty, Matt. And so so people say we need a strength finder. I thought, ah, oh, like I uh, I don't have any strengths. I mean, uh, my strength is Jesus. I don't, don't no my none of my own strength because I know that my flesh is strong but catastrophic to God's purposes. But but I don't like, but anyway, we did strength finders and they found that that um, I was like a de facto leader. The guy said to me, he said, no, you, you're the leader in the house. I said, okay, I don't know about that, but you're the leader and, and you have a very strong influencing gift. You can influence things. So I thought, I had to influence my wife to marry me. I chased her around the world. I said, that I, that I get, but, but um, really. And I, so I went up to look up the word influence in the Bible and I think it doesn't appear there. In fact, if anything, it appears negatively. He says, not many of you were... Of noble birth, not many of you were influential. So I thought, Lord, I'm not sure that I want this gift, the gift of influencing. They say that if you're a leader, you will influence people to go from point A to point B, and so, etc., etc. But can I propose this to you because it'll, I think, release some of us? Jesus said this: If you get this parable, it's the headmaster parable. Is that, is that a word here? Principle. That the parable of the sower is they say, he says, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the other parables? I'm going to look it up. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man who went out to sow seed or a farmer that went out to sow seed. So, so Jesus in his primary parable says the kingdom of God is like sowing seed, sowing seed. And uh, some seed will fall on, ro- on paths, on rocky ground, on weedy ground, and then some sow will fall on ground producing 36 and 100 fold is that right what the bible says so i want to propose this that we're not influencers we are seeders if you've got the word of god and you can take the word of god as the seed of god the word of god is living and you can sow the word of god you will change lives if you have to influence people and what's another word give me another word a good american word where you where you, you dance monkey dance. They say, wow, that's an impressive man. That guy's like so influential. Like somebody said, you will know the leader when he walks into the room. But they didn't know, didn't, didn't John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sinner. I would not have known so except the Spirit told me. And so what we get sometimes, and I think uh, the Western world, the business world is saying, Who's the influential guy? I think Jesus said, who's the cedar? You see, this, the, the, the word of God, for the word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper. Otherwise, what we do, whether you're a life group leader, a pastor, is that you're having to come up with ideas and tricks, and you're having to entertain. But if you will simply take the word of God, Last Sunday morning, I preached a sermon. It was hot in South Africa. I was sweating. I didn't think I preached a great sermon, but I felt I needed to ask people to give their lives to Jesus, which may happen this morning. And I changed tra- texts, and I, I was struggling. I thought, Lord, help me, help me. And I began to find some scriptures. And as I began to quote scriptures, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. A man to my right with a moon boot on and a blonde lady to his right. He was standing there, and it's as if the word of God hit him and he literally popped and he just started weeping what is that you see brothers and sisters the flesh counts for nothing but but if we can be sowers of the word you can be dyslexic you can be um uh, speak like your very good orator you may not be but if you can take the word of god and sow it you will see lives changed amen because the word of God is living, it active, it separates soul and spirit, joints and marrow, or bone and marrow. It does its work. It convicts us. And I want to I want to say that to get this job done, don't worry about being like everybody loves Nick, or isn't he such an influential? She's such an influential lady. I'm not against that, but I think the true power is in the power to take the word of God, get it into us, and sow it. Even read it. Is that okay? I've got 38 seconds left. <laughs> My fifth point, quickly, God has not changed his mind about what he said about you. God has spoken to you. If God has said something of you. I was a young man, not even saved. A lady called me out from the back. I don't want to be at the church. People were phoning. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to get saved. I want to do sin. I want to be a chartered accountant. I don't want this stuff. And I just felt the Lord, and she called me out. She prophesied. And I trembled that day. God does not change his mind about what he's said to you. Can you say amen? We will change our mind depending on, like, this hasn't worked out, God. Abraham, like, Sarah thought it's a joke. She said, it's a, it's, this is laughable that I should have a child. God has not changed his mind. In, is it, Numbers 28, 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie nor son of man that he should change his mind does he speak and not act and i got their patience he spoke a thousand years through isaiah before is it a thousand years that jesus would come where's the messiah mr isaiah where's the messiah mr isaiah he's coming god does not change his mind about you he does not change his mind about what he said about you i married cutty 30 years ago oh like i've changed my mind Well, God hasn't. He didn't change his... I'm not changing my mind about that youth because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, could you find me a wife, please? If you're not married, ask the Lord to get you a wife or a husband. Be careful to choose. If ever I change my mind, Matt, please fly to Durban and come and grab me by the scrap of my neck and say, God doesn't change his mind about who I should be married to. Amen? Can you say amen? Surely, Isaiah 40 says, as I have planned it, so it will be. As I have purposed it, so it will stand. For the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who can thwart Him? His hand is outstretched, and who can turn it back? God, even though you may go through difficulty, hardship, confusion, even though you may say, God has called me to be, do you call them life groups here? Community groups, Community groups everybody's left. God hasn't changed his mind. Don't worry, they're going to come. Just, just keep praying. Minister to your sofa, if you're a single guy, or or to your wife, if you or to your husband. But watch what God can do. Can I pray? Can I pray, Matt? I don't know if anybody feels this morning that God has spoken to them in this five stones. W- w- would you stand this morning if you feel actually God has spoken to me? Would you, would you stand to your feet? What about anybody next to you? Or about any just just if you feel. The, the stirrings of God, just something, something. I could have said something, and something popped inside of you. You think that this, this, just, just, stand to your feet. You think actually, yes, yes, God, yes. I'm going to wait a minute longer. Just, just stand to your feet. If you maybe something Matt said, oh, I just my heart resonated. Ah, I, I need to, care. I need to, I need to act on something this morning. Just please stand to your feet. Would you, would you play? Can I ask you to play? When the Holy Spirit fell upon the, the people in the upper room, they just got activated to do the most extraordinary things. So, just, just, just suddenly they, they were transformed. Matt, can I take another step? Could, could you come forward? Could I ask you to just come stand here in a, in a, in a group, so those of you that are standing? And I, and I feel this one, just come stand forward now, just as a sign to yourself, as a sign to your friends, as a sign to your church, as a sign to the Holy Spirit, as a sign to God. You're saying... Just, just come stand here. Don't, don't worry about anybody, don't worry about me. Just you're standing before God. You're saying, Lord, I, I want to take some steps. I want to be courageous. You've blessed me. You've spoken to me. You've you've nudged me. He might have said to you, Amen. It could have been a whole word, a whole sentence, a whole parable. It could have been a word. Just just come stand. And if you didn't stand up, you can still come this morning. And so I'm going to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to come and just to activate and to Release you into something of His extraordinary adventure, the adventure of God, the hand of God, the the word of God, and so so could could the leaders in the house see who's up here? Just look and see who who's God. Who's stirred? And so, Lord, I ask you now, in the name of Jesus, to seal something, to make it true, to make it real, to make it yea and amen. To to remind that you have not changed your mind about what you said. The call of God, the anointing of God, the adventure of God, the sacrifice of God. That you're to lay down your life, until you deny yourself, and you're to say, God, I will do this. As even Moses says, now go, Moses. He says, like I I don't know what your name is. I can't even speak on your behalf. I must. I have stuttering lips. God says, now go. Now go. I'm going to give you somebody that will help you, that will walk next to you. But now go in the name of Jesus. And so, Spirit of the living God, upon these beautiful people here. Beautiful people, Lord. And maybe others that are sitting in the chair thinking, no, 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 I'm not. Fall upon them too. Fall upon us. Fall upon me. Fall upon Kati that I hear from Africa. Because there is much work to be done. Come light upon us. Come fire of God and burn upon their heads. Come power of God and activate these people, Lord, to boldness and to courage and to adventure and to pioneering lord give them the five stones but it could be ten stones it could be three stones but give them what they need and activate them lord into the glorious adventure of the kingdom of god could i ask you to raise your hands with me just for a minute just in the front here just unto him you might be uncomfortable but raise your hands unto him now fall upon us god and release us into your purposes, God. I want to come back here in a year's time and say, God has done great things. Through this fragile vessel, through this jar of clay, the treasure has flown. And so I want you to do it, God, and, and fill some, some people here to overflowing, Lord. And to wonder, and to joy, and to purpose, and to planting, and to releasing. We do this in your name, Jesus. Let it be you.